Hi everyone, thanks for joining us. Welcome to Hope Church Online. My name's Ian, if you don't know me, I'm one of the elders at Hope Church Seven Oaks, along with my friend Adam Northcroft. Um, this morning we're going to be carrying on through our series uh, of the Gospel of Luke. And I don't know about you, if you've been following us and following through the Gospel of Luke, uh, what we've looked at in the last few weeks and months has just made me realise again how relevant the Bible is uh, in our daily lives and what we're looking at today is hugely prevalent and uh, it was really prevalent before the pandemic and it's even more so now and uh, the heading in our bibles might give it away what we're looking at uh, as we look in luke 12 22 it says don't be anxious or my title uh, anxious about much uh, is a big issue and topic and we're going to dig into it today so i'm going to pray that god will speak to us and then we're going to dig into this big topic and the scripture so why don't you just put your hands out and just ask god to speak to you and ask him to come and meet with you so lord we pray today that you will come and meet with us open our hearts to hear from you as we look at your word come and speak to us through your word holy spirit uh, speak to us and show us what uh, we need to hear from you today amen amen okay let's dig in as we go from luke 12 verses 22 to 34 uh, following on from um, last week where adam sp spoke about the parable of the rich fool and jesus is following on still talking to his disciples and from verse 22 he says he said to his disciples therefore i tell you do not be anxious about your life what you will eat nor about your body what you will put on for life is more than food and the body more than clothing consider the ravens they neither sow nor reap they've neither storehouse nor barn yet god feeds them of how much more value are you than birds of which are you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life. If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown in the, into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in, he in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Well, there's a, a lot to talk about today. And uh, we have a limited amount of time to look into it. But Jesus is speaking to his followers 
and his followers apply to us today as well of course and he says don't be anxious and these words that we look at today as we think about the environment that we're living in can be like water to a thirsty soul if we study them if we take in what's really being said through these verses and apply them to our lives it can be peace to a thirsty soul if we really uh, take in what Jesus is trying to say to us today. Anxiety today is a huge issue. Even though we now seem to live in a time and location um, where we as people are more comfortable than we've ever been before, uh, there's more health care available than there's ever been in previous generations. In comp comparison to other places on earth or in previous generations, we have it pretty good. But yet mental health uh, is deteriorating and there are huge levels of anxiety amongst people today higher than ever before in, even in young people mental health issues and anxiety are scarily high just a few st stats here for you 20 percent of adolescents may experience a mental health problem in any given year 50 percent of mental health problems are established by the age of 14 and 75 percent by the age of 24. Young people today are facing battles and issues that even 10 or 15 years ago weren't being faced or weren't an issue. There are huge pressures from social media. In a world now that seems like we're more connected than ever, multiple studies have found strong links between heavy social media use and an increased risk of depression, anxiety, loneliness, self-harm and even suicidal thoughts. The, the same multiple studies have shown social media gives people an increased feeling of inadequacy about life or appearance. It also gives FOMO. If you don't know what FOMO is, FOMO is fear of missing out. It gives you that sense that you're missing out on certain things, which in turn can have an impact on your self-esteem. It then can trigger anxiety, which then in turn fuels even greater use of social media, checking out for updates constantly. In this uber-connected world we now live, studies show that high usage of social media actually increases feelings of loneliness. And it reduce, reducing the usage can actually improve our overall well-being. There's obviously positive um, uses for social media today, especially in our current climate, helping us keep connected with people and people from around the world, but we must not let it become our master. And we mustn't let it become our children's master either. Children want to get on social media from a very early age, but we need to fight the right battles with our kids, and this is a battle worth fighting for. There are things out there fighting for our attention and for our kids' attention. We are not to be part, we are in this world. We're to be in this world, but not part of it. In it, but not of it. So we must fight against these things as well. Uh, we're, we are now in the middle of a global pandemic as well where everything is under threat, everything is shaking, our health, our economic status, 
our ability to have relationships uh, in person, so our social status is threatened. Uh, there are 24-hour newsreels telling us of stats, of sickness and death, of graphs of the detriment to the economy. All of that going on, on top of what was already happening with anxiety, it feels like we are in a whirlwind of worry, anxiety and pressure. But there's another way. Jesus steps in and he says, don't be anxious, don't worry, don't be fearful. Now, it's all well and good just telling someone not to worry or don't be afraid, but fears don't subside without good reason. We need to know that we're safe, know that we will be all right, because anxiety or feelings of anxiousness are normal. It's our it's our brain's way of, uh, it's an inbuilt alarm system which tells us something isn't right. Our brain wants the difficult situation to go away so it makes us feel more alert or it stops us thinking about other things. It sometimes even pumps blood to our legs to help us run away. But worry or being over anxious is disproportionate response to the situation that we're in. As we start to read and dig in here to these verses, Jesus gives us reasons of why we shouldn't be afraid. Firstly, he says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious. Don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about your body or what you put on. He says, therefore, because he's just been talking about not storing up treasures in this life, in the previous verses that Adam preached on last week. He's saying, don't worry about building a comfortable life now. Be generous towards God. What life is about, Jesus is saying, it's about more than what we eat, more than our bodies, more than what we wear. Earthly treasure is a snare because it, it causes us to invest our heart in the material world and rest on its false security. If we have that, we think, well, I'll be okay if I've got this security on earth. But I think we've seen lately that everything can be shaken. And the only thing that we can depend on, the kingdom that cannot be shaken, there's only one thing, and then Jesus tells us that God is in control of our lives, and we should be constantly free from worry. Free from worry. Now, let me just interject here, saying that I think there is a difference between an anxiety disorder and plain worry. One comes from either childhood or a trauma, and the other is where we unnecessarily worry about what we don't need to. So if you have a condition, I'm not saying trust Jesus more and you'll be okay. What I'm saying is we can learn from this to worry less and to seek to trust him and learn from this. Learn about where our trust is and where our worry comes from. That we are in God's care. The issue is at the beginning with concerning the basics of life, food, shelter, and protection is essentially it. In verse 23 to 24, he says, Life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, yet God feeds them. 
Look at the birds, Jesus says. You're more important than them and God feeds them. And often anxiety or worry kicks in because we are concerned about our welfare. But God says, look at the birds. Look at the birds. They don't go without and neither will you if you trust in me. Worry is something that is a waste of time and we really should try hard to avoid. Verse 25 to 26, Jesus says, why do you worry? What can it achieve? Nothing. What can it add to your life? Nothing. Even those who eat healthily and exercise regularly have no control over when they die. It's a good practice to do, but they have no control over when they die. We, we waste our time when we worry over what we have no control over. And as Christians, we can even worry unnecessarily. We even worry about our worry. We think we can get upset because we think we've got God on our side and we shouldn't be anxious. We shouldn't be worried or depressed. It shouldn't be like this. Things should be okay. Even going into a new a state of denial about our feelings. Why am I feeling like this? Why am I worried? Why am I anxious? But I think as Christians, we need to be aware if you are new to Christianity or you're struggling at the moment in your faith I think what we need to know is that basically before you were a Christian you only had one enemy you only had one enemy and he was of our choosing we were at war with God but even when he was our adversary he was trying to save you and draw you closer to himself you see before our main enemy was a good guy he was doing everything he could to save you and now he has your enemies have changed all your enemies now are out to destroy you because they're bad guys the world the flesh and the devil we need to realize that we've come into a warfare and that we're unprepared for it without realizing these things are against you however we do need to realize that they can never pluck us from God's hand. The only thing they can try to do is rob us of our peace and our joy and make us worry. But you can learn to rejoice even in the difficult times when we look at Jesus's words, because he's our father, he's our shepherd and he's our king. And we'll look more at that in a moment. But we need to learn to fall back onto something deeper deeper than our circumstance. We need to find rest and joy in the, not just in the blessings, but in the blesser. Not just receiving the blessings, but the one who gives the blessings. Verse 30 says, the nations of the world seek after these things. The world is after money, success, comfort. Their joy is in money. Our joy is the one in the one who owns all the wealth in the world. See, peace comes from faith, faith in action. You need to bring it out. You need to exercise it. Faith in action. You need to bring it out. When Jesus challenges people, you notice he doesn't say you have no faith or you unbeliever. No, he says, where was your faith? Or you of little 
faith. He's saying, get it out. Remind yourself of your faith. Your faith in Jesus. The resurrection and the life. Remind yourself who Jesus is. When we panic or worry, it's not a lack or absence of faith. It's the fact that you are not exercising your faith. Think about it. If you really believe these things, <clears throat> if you really believe that Jesus was God incarnate, God becoming man who died on the cross, who rose again, conquering sin and death, passed, he then passed through the heavens, that he's now directing all things and one day he will return to take away all sadness. He will judge the living and the dead. He'll make all sadness and sickness right again. If you believe that, you need to exercise it. You've got nothing to fear. You need to remind yourself of it. Peace comes from doing that. Peace comes, you see, from not listening to your heart. But that's what the world tells us, doesn't it? Listen to your heart. Follow your heart. Peace comes from when you speak to the heart, not listen to the heart. Tomorrow you're going to wake up and your heart is going to tell you all sorts of things you should be worrying about, you should be doing loads of things to worry about. But when you listen to your heart, that's when the worry kicks in. But peace comes when you speak to your heart, when you remind yourself of who you are. You're like David in the Psalms when he was downcast. He's speaking to himself. Why are you downcast? My soul He's speaking to himself. He's reminding himself of who he is in God. Remind yourself of who you are in Christ. And we all get it. We mustn't have this kind of Christian self-denial. I don't get anxious. I'm fine. We all do. If you think you don't get anxious, then you just don't realise how it manifests. I've started to realise how it manifests in me. I'm not a particular person to worry and, and uh, get anxious about stuff, but I've realised, in my mind that is, but I've realised now how, I, how it, stress and anxiety manifests in me in a physical way. I get headaches and neck pain and I get annoyed and short-tempered about stuff so it's helpful to realize and learn what our worries are and if they are patterns of thought that lead us into a certain place and then we need to learn to speak to our heart and remind ourselves of who we are and who he is Mary and Martha back in Luke 10 Martha was rushing around. Remember, I spoke about it right at the beginning of lockdown. Seemed like a long time ago now. Martha was rushing around. Jesus says to Martha, you are anxious about much. The word he uses literally meant being drawn in different directions. But Mary was single-minded and she chose, Jesus said, the one thing that was necessary. How can we be focused? How can we be single-minded? Jesus tells us in verse 31, instead seek his kingdom. Seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. Our primary focus on earth 
is to engage with our Creator, to, with the one who sent his son to die for us. To be engaged with the pursuit of representing God on earth, to seek his rule and reign in our lives and not our own. Focus on these things, Jesus says, and all these things will be given to you, will be added to you. Seek the kingdom. Don't be like the world, worrying about all these other things. Focus on me, Jesus says. As we come into the last few verses, we have words that will comfort us if we really appreciate what is being said here. He says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Again, he says, don't fear. And he says, little flock. There's an inference here. He says, we are little sheep. Sheep are likely to be fearful and insignificant, weak or small if they're lambs. This tells us that we're like sheep and he is our shepherd. He's our shepherd. He is wise like a shepherd that guides us and keeps us safe. These are words to comfort us. He's our father who is kind. These are reasons not to fear. He's your father that is generous. And it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And if he's giving you a kingdom, it tells you that not only is he our shepherd, not only is he our father, but also he's our king as well. He's our king. It shows us he's our king. And what we receive is amazing because it's completely disproportionate to who we are. We are little sheep who are receiving a kingdom. And we can rejoice in that. And we get it at a great cost. Not to us, but to him. Because he died on the cross so we can receive the kingdom. And that's how we can defeat fear, by knowing that he's our shepherd. By knowing he's our father. By knowing he's our king. He's got our backs. We know that by looking at the parable of the rich fool, that we don't need to build up our stores or lay up treasures for now either. We need to build up our treasures for the kingdom that is coming. Moving on, he says, to sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart be also we can be generous we can freely give and trust that he will provide with money bags that do not grow old it depicts where we store our treasure a money bag would have been carried around like a belt by um, business businessmen or market traders almost like a, a bum bag for today or if you're American they call them fanny packs Jesus is saying here, don't waste your time pursuing what can be taken away like a money bag. Don't waste your time pursuing that. You'll be like the rich fool from verse 13 to 21. 
what you have in me, if you seek me first, if you want to inherit my kingdom, it can be never taken away. Put your treasure, put your heart, all your desires into me and what I give you, you will receive, can never ever be taken. Where do you keep your treasure now? Where do you spend your money? Where do you spend most of your time thinking about? That's where your heart is. The way to store up treasure is also to give it away to those who are in need, not to hoard, to, to hoard what we have now, our possessions, to hold on to, they're mine, they make me feel safe. No, our possessions today are tomorrow's rubbish tip contents. They ultimately don't mean anything. If your heart is tied to what you have here and now, on this earth, your heavenly treasure will be bankrupt. And what, you're in, what are you investing in now? Your career, your house, your possessions, are they helping you build for now or for your treasure in heaven? Give generously to those in need. It is the heart of God. To be tied to your stuff now is to have a divided allegiance. When we put all our trust in him, our worries, our treasures, we put everything into him. He promises to give us rest. Give us rest and we won't be anxious. In Matthew 11, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's his promise for you. Jesus doesn't promise an easy life, but he does say he will be with you until the end of the age. And he does promise that he'll be your shepherd and he'll guide you. And he does promise that he will be your father and he'll look after you. And he does promise to be your king and you will inherit the kingdom. Learn to trust him. Lean on him. Exercise your faith. Speak to your heart and he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. If you're not a Christian or you don't have any faith in God, Jesus makes these promises to us, even in difficult circumstances. He, he says he can give us peace that surpasses understanding. How do we know that he loves us? Because he died on the cross. He died on the cross, taking everything away that separated us from God. Our sins, our desires to go our own way, to be our own God. He took everything on the cross. Our punishment that we deserve, he took it all on the cross so that we could be free. Free from sin, free from guilt, free from worry. And he promises a life and life in all its fullness. And you can come to him and he will give you rest. Do you want to have rest? He wants to give it to you today. If you are not a Christian and you want to know this Jesus that I've been speaking about, I'm going to pray and you can just pray after me. And then I'm just going to have a short prayer about worry and anxiety. 
So you can just pray this prayer uh, just quietly, if you like, uh, after me. Lord, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died for me on the cross for my sin. Please forgive me for going my own way. Now, please come and take first place in my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. And let's just pray about anxiety. Lord, we just cast all our burdens upon you. Thank you that you give us rest. Thank you that you said that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Lord, we don't want to worry and we want to trust more in you. Help us. I want to pray for those that suffer really with anxiety and worry. Lord, will you come and give them peace today, a peace that surpasses understanding, a peace that they haven't yet had before, as they learn to trust in the character of who you are, trust in uh, your goodness, Lord, I pray. Come and give them peace right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, if you've got questions about what we talked about today, or if you prayed uh, that prayer, um, I'd love to hear from you. It's my email address, ian at hopechurch7oaks.org. Um, drop me an email and I'd love to hear from you. Um, we're going to have some more things coming out this week concerning uh, anxiety on our social media and uh, on our YouTube channel. So check those out as well. I think they'll be really helpful. And uh, just to look a little deeper at some of the things I've been looking at in the verses today as well. If you're watching this live, we're going to be having... Uh, an after church chat uh, at 11.15 and I'd love to see you there. The link's been sent out on the email. Thanks for watching and uh, see you again soon, hopefully.